Welcome to College Soccer Nation, the premier podcast focused on NCAA collegiate soccer, featuring SMU head women's coach Chris Petroselli and Old Miss head women's coach Mad Mod. You can download and listen to this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And if you like what you hear, leave a five-star review and tell your soccer friends. Now let's go to Coach Petroselli and Coach Mod. This is College Soccer Nation with Rico and Motti. We're excited to be here. My name is Matt Mott. I have two-time National Coach of the Year, Chris Petroselli, joining us. Chris, it's a it's a Monday night, and we've got a great show on tap. Great show coming up. Great guest, Tiffany Sahedek. Uh, But the big news, Matt. Big, big news, big news. You got to tell the listeners we're very excited about this. Uh, 10,000 downloads. We have exceeded 10,000. So boom. At some point, 10,000 people, um, have, have downloaded our show and listened, listened to our show and the numbers keep growing every week. So, uh, just a, a, it's a nice milestone for us. Yeah. And we, we certainly appreciate it. We appreciate anybody that wants to listen to us. Um, you know, one of the things I did want to mention is like, our show's authentic, and I think that helps us, right? I don't know what your power five is. We bring up these topics. We don't know. We It's not set up. It's really authentic um, content, right? And it's what we, we the really three of us with Brian, think about different topics. And, and we're going to be honest and, and fair. And I think we've had great guests. And Tiffany will be, I'm sure, wonderful, uh, wonderful with us tonight. She's obviously got a great career. Um, is doing a great job down at UCF. And uh, I'm looking forward to talking about it because, you know, UCF's my alma mater. I may mention that a few times. You may. on with it. You may. Yeah. Hey, um, all right. Let's, oh, yeah. Well, let ahead. me ask you this. Did did Brian think we'd make 10,000? Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's a good question. Brian said, oh, we'll get five episodes. You guys will stop. Chris will lose a game. He won't want to do it anymore. You know, <laughs> you went through a whole season. I lose the whole season. And you kept doing it, right? We kept going. And, you know, he said, oh, my mom will listen. And your mom, Chris's mom, that's it. He's very, he was very negative about it. So why don't we bring him in? Yeah. We'll bring in the big deal. Yeah. We'll bring him in early. We got a lot to talk about tonight. And, uh, and get his two cents. Brian, how are you this evening? Well, 10,000 downloads. At least a thousand are my mom. She <laughs> and she loves talking. Afterwards, she never says anything that we said. She just says, you guys really like each other. <laughs> They're your friends. That's good. <laughs> so you didn't have a lot of friends growing up, did you? Clearly, you didn't have a lot of friends growing up. If she thinks we're your friends, you had no friends. Oh, she, I'm 50. <laughs> she thinks I'm still a kid. <laughs> oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. Yeah. All right. What are we talking to do with Brian tonight, Chris? Well, we're going to start with big results. And uh, okay. Brian, you can, uh, I'll read you all, all of these. And then uh, at the end, you can sort of give us your take on any of them that you decide to choose. But we had uh, uh, Florida State over Texas A&M, Duke over Arkansas, North Carolina over Washington, Central Florida over Texas. Auburn over BYU, uh, a big tie out in California, uh, Cal and Santa Clara uh, with the draw. Duke again over Washington. Memphis and Ole Miss with the draw. Um, North Carolina with their second win against a top opponent, beating Arkansas, Duke. Um, I mentioned that. I mentioned the Duke already. Pitt with a big upset over uh, Oklahoma State. TCU wins the showdown in Texas against AM. And uh, Virginia and West Virginia renewing that rivalry with, with Virginia coming out on top. Let, any, let me any say jump out to interrupt you real quick to correct you. 
uh, Duke beat Washington in that second game. So beat Arkansas first in Washington. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot to unpack, but that's a lot of ACC teams beating a lot of other teams is, you know, big picture within that. But for opening weekend, I thought it was fantastic. How many good matchups were there? How many national level, you know, top 40 teams playing each other? I think it's a great statement for college soccer right now that a team like Cal, who's very talented and obviously a good program, but maybe top 40, just beat the de- or drew the defending national champions in opening weekend. I think it tells us what kind of parity we've got out there. And uh, the idea is you want your team peaking at the end. And Jerry did a great job with that last year. And we'll see what, how this all evolves in uh, fall 2021. I, I got to tell you, the, the performance of the ACC, right, is, was really impressive over the weekend, right? What, what did I see? 20 wins, no losses, two ties. Um, okay. Outstanding. Pretty good. Pretty good. 22-0 and 2. People wow. like SEC football being dominant, right? Texas yeah. coming over. What if SEC football had just done that? People would be going crazy. They'd be yeah. running in the streets in Big 12 country with that kind of domination. So they didn't play slouches. No, a lot of good wins. There's a lot Those of good are two wins. best teams uh, SEC can send at them. And it, it's super – Pitt went to uh, Oklahoma State. That's a tough place to play and a great program and really well coached. And what is Pitt in the ACC hierarchy? Six? Seven, eight, something like that. Yeah. yeah. NC State went to Georgetown. NC State didn't even play in the spring. Who knew what they were going to be? And they played a great game, 2-2. That's one of the two draws. It's one of their two worst results. Yeah. yeah. State going to Georgetown. Holy yeah. cow, Georgetown's fantastic. Yeah. So, you know, that's a, oh, a statement made, I would yeah. say. And, and on uh, the flip side, uh, you know, the Big 12 got beat up, and, and the SEC got beat up a little bit as well. Yeah, I, you know, someone's got to lose those games yeah. <laughs> when when the top teams play the top teams, for sure. Um, but there's certainly a separation. I mean, I, I don't know. Top of the Pac-12, you, you'd probably still argue for, but the depth of the ACC uh, right now is fantastic. Let me ask you a question for both of you guys, okay? So Duke, Carolina, Arkansas, Washington, right? So very good tournament for opening weekend is, you know, almost as strong as you can get. How they've had that Duke Carolina tournament for a hundred years, right? Everybody's played in it. How many times did Duke and Carolina not come out of that two and oh? I mean, don't they almost always both win both games? And certainly in the last period of time, I mean, that is just a hard, hard tournament when you're playing those two teams, those two styles. And I just want to make for record, remember my sleeper in the ACC was Duke. Who looked pretty good this weekend, I might add. Not really but, a <laughs> Well, more than Virginia, the one you picked. But anyway, that, that's a tough, tough tournament. And, um, and, you know, I just wonder how many times does somebody go there and nip one of them or even get a draw because it's a I tough place. It. I played in it a few times, and I can tell you it's very difficult. That's very yeah. I've played in it. We were not one of the ones who uh, nipped or <laughs> it, It's kind of hard when one of the two teams has lost like 10 games in the last you know, 10 seasons, 20 And maybe three games at home. They don't lose. But but I will say to this too, though, what a great experience for your players, right? Go there and play those two teams at their home places. That's pretty cool. 
and then you're going to get a return out of them. So, um, so it's a, it's a good, good tournament, but I just was yeah. thinking back to that. How, how hard would that be? Well, Matt, maybe you guys should go, you should go play in it. Yeah. I'll, I'll see if I can get that scheduled. Quickly. Yeah, I'll get right on that. Yeah. And well, it's a great, it's a great comment on college soccer right now because they have, they have a whole lot of trouble filling it 10 years ago, yeah, for sure. begging to come and yeah. they can't get anybody to come. And, and to be fair, I'm pretty sure Washington and Arkansas on the plane home were like, Hey, this is the greatest idea. That was a really cool campus. Yeah. <laughs> when they got their clocks cleaned. Yeah. But two good games for both those teams to really find out what they're about. Got to admit that. Oh yeah. So when they play Southern Illinois and Wofford next week, they'll really be learned from it and they'll be ready. Yeah. He's on it tonight, folks. College soccer nation with Rico Mati and the big deal. The big deal is on it tonight. He's got some overreactions for us. What, what do you got? Yes. This is, well, this is here's the way I think this should work. So opening weekend, it's like any sports, you know, opening weekend, you shouldn't read much into it. And we'll look back when the college cup rolls around, you know, someone will be in the college cup or someone will be making a deep run and you'll be able to do the transitive property that goes 19 deep. And you know, that they lost to so-and-so in the first week. So that team's one of the best teams in the country. You know, just the first. You're going to have to explain transitive property for me, please. You know, so it's the old story. So say, I don't know, let's use an example. So say this week had Furman beat uh, NC State. And then NC State in a week beats Syracuse. And then Syracuse the week after that beat uh, Pittsburgh. And then Pittsburgh beat Duke and Duke beat North Carolina. It doesn't roll all the way back to, oh, by the way, Furman should be in the final four. (laughs) I got you. Uh, okay. I so, it's just one week. It's just one yeah. week. We love overreactions, don't we? So what yes, else? we love them. I'm going to give them. you guys, Rico and Madi, we'll call this Rico and Madi overreactions. <laughs> you guys, you know that it's killing me. And that's I'm why gonna, you keep doing it. <laughs> I'm going to give you guys the overreaction. I want you to say fact or fiction and discuss it and debate it. Okay. All right. I'll fight all the time. Factor fiction is all we yeah. got to say. Yeah. Well, no, you got to back up your factor fiction. Why you believe okay. it? Why you don't? So, all right. Number one, greater than 50% chance that we see an all ACC Final Four. Ooh. I'm going fiction. Ooh. I'm going fact. I, I, I just. They're just better than everybody else. They're just better than everybody else. I, I, you I, said all four teams are out of the ACC. Out of the ACC, yes. So, you know, it, hypothetically, Virginia's in a bracket. Carolina's in a bracket. Florida State's in a bracket. Certainly after one weekend, that's possible. Yeah. Or, you know, look at it. It is, but, but you have would to remember. Take, can, can Duke or Clemson beat UCLA or Stanford? Is there and is there really anybody else even after? So are you are you arguing this or is this for us? Is this for you? No, I'm, I'm laying out the argument. <laughs> I'm just wondering. Um, I would say to you that one of the reasons why I say it is because the NCAA tournament is not perfect. It's not seeded one through sixty-four, and you may have some of those teams in the same bracket because they can only not play the first two rounds. So you could have a one seed Florida State and a three seed Virginia in the same side of the bracket. So I think. Can you aren't, aren't the top eight seed, uh, top sixteen team seated? Sure, one, but you have one and three together. Or what is it? One and four. Together. One and four. You're one saying four. Virginia would not be a one seed in that scenario. You're right, right. Gotcha. 
Well, I disagree, Matt. I think I think that's that, fine. That's well, good. I, we'll that's see at the end. And this is what I this was what concerns me now is now Matt is going to fix the NCAA tournament bracket. <laughs> right. It's not true, but Chris, give me your four give me your four teams in the final four right now. You're picking uh, today. North the, Carolina. All, all ACC. North Carolina, uh, Florida State, yeah. Virginia, and Duke. Yeah. It's possible. Michelle Cooper adds a lot to Duke. It makes them a, a, a really dangerous team. All right, Brian, next one. Why don't you give me your four teams, Matt? Ooh. They can take I just know they're not all from the, four from the ACC. Uh, I think I'm, Stanford I'm, and UCLA will have something to say. And Santa Clara, the defending national champion. So you're going, you're going out on a limb over. and naming four or five teams that could be in it, along with three ACC teams, where I only got I to name, name four three. teams. I didn't That's name it. three ACC teams. I didn't name any ACC teams. So there's not going to be any ACC teams. No, I didn't say that either. I didn't okay, say that you're putting it. words in my mouth. I would say Florida State, North Carolina look very strong. I like Duke. They were my dark horse. Okay. And I like I like Stanford and UCLA and Santa Clara. Let's go to the next one, Brian. All right. All right. Question number two. Or it's not a question. All right. Overreaction number two. The SEC and Big 12 after going winless against other power five teams in 15 games, except the one time they played each other. So they did win one of the 15 when TCU. Oh beat God, this is, this is something here. He's screwing it up. He's gone deep. He's gone deep. <laughs> so you got to follow it. So they played, they played. I got it. They played. You got it, Chris. I got it. They, they did not win any of them except right. the one time they played each other, TCU okay. and a Yep. Will those two conferences finish behind the WCC? And it, or let's say that the overreaction is, oh my God, says will finish behind the WCC and the AAC in the final conference RPI. Final conference RPI. Um, I'm going to go with um, uh, that would be fiction. So I'm saying they will finish in front of those teams. Because I, what I believe that's fiction. What what I believe is those teams in those leagues are going to start to play a lot of games against teams that they should beat and and will beat and and, and they'll they'll uh, rack up the wins. I also say it's fiction. I think we've had one SEC team versus a WCC team so far, and I believe the SEC won that game in Auburn and BYU. Oh, uh, what about? So, what about That's Gonzaga? Oh, Gonzaga, Georgia. All right, we're one and one. Yeah. Um, so, but I say fiction, Brian, only because history tells us that typically um, they do finish above them. All right, question number three. The Big Ten is going to be a bully in 2021 after a seven-game undefeated streak against other Power Fives, Michigan five. Butler, a very good mid-major nil. Indiana ties Notre Dame for the first time in school history. The Big Ten has made a very big step forward. Fact or fiction? Go ahead, Matt. Uh, I'm going to go fact on that one. I think the Big Ten looks very strong here out of the gates. You know, Iowa beating St. Louis. You have Minnesota beating Baylor. Um, I think they look very, you know, again, not overreaction, but yeah, I go fact on that. I think they could be a, 
that you know they kind of had a rough COVID year more than maybe any of the other. Well, I guess not more than Pac-12, but certainly a, a rough COVID year. I think they're, they're ready to make a jump. So yeah, I'm going to go fact. I'm going fact as well. I I, I agree. I think that um, they've shown that you know they can win uh, big games and, and good games and. You know, just you guys have named some. I, some other ones popped into my head. Wisconsin beat Kansas and uh, Nebraska smacked Missouri. And I, I, Illinois. I, Illinois yeah, looked good. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I feel like the, the Big Ten has made a step forward. All right. Side note to that, it is, is the Big Ten doing the best job of hiring coaches? If you look at the last five years, Jen at Michigan, uh, Irwin at Indiana, Aaron at Minnesota. Those seem pretty good to me. They do. They Very do. good hires. And and I, I, his name escapes me. The guy in Michigan State's a good hire. Um, yeah, no, they're doing a really good job. Nice side note, Brian. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Compliment. Those are few and far between, aren't they, from him, Chris? Ryan's <laughs> mom is going to be so happy. <laughs> oh, she his loves first two her. Friends. He loves her some Matt. <laughs> yeah, never met Matt. Who does it, Brian? Come on. All right, last one. All right. And again, this is overreaction or not from week one. You got to play one game for $1 million. You cannot coach the team. You have to pick a coach who has not won a national championship. That coach is Karen Hoppe from Auburn. Wait, you or fake That's your fiction? I'm saying the overreaction possibly I mean hops is great isn't she she just beat BYU that was unbelievable so you can take hops or you could throw out someone else who isn't you can't pick Chris Petroselli he's won a national championship is Wait, it's against Karen they're playing you against want. Karen no you, no, take no, well, you said fix this is so really it's a it's a it's a setup question. Really, I think Karen Hoppe super underrated. I believe great. She's done great. Yeah, she did again, she always finds a way. She yeah. always finds a way. And you don't want to pick against her to to sort of support your argument. Yes. You don't want to yes. pick against her in, in any game. Karen, can you please have a twenty minute meeting with Brian on cleaning this segment <laughs> up? Because I think it would be good. But he absolutely butchered it. But yes, I'm going with Karen all day long. On sure. whatever factor yes. it is, for God's sake. Future exactly. segment creation requires pre-approval by the producer. All right. Yeah, we, there it is. We, we need to move on. We need to move it, on. Yeah, it had pre-approval from the founders. They loved it for the first three. That just made Matt nervous. He's scared of Karen. <laughs> he is. It's like he's 27 again. But it's a compliment to Karen. Uh, yes. All right, guys. All right, give, me, give me your team of the week. I'm going first. Auburn. Listen, <laughs> went down against Sanford. Went down to Sanford, um, came back in a tough place to play, beat Sanford, and then obviously probably one of the biggest upsets of the weekend, knocking off BYU at home with a fantastic goal um, by Anna Haddock. Really great service and great goal. Um, we're really the, the top win in our league so far for sure. So uh, kudos to Auburn on, on the uh, team of the week. Brian? Yeah, I had a long list because I thought it was a great opening weekend, but I saw something today that Pittsburgh had not beat a ranked team in 45 tries. Wow. That's their first win over a ranked team. I assume that might be ever. But So for me, it's Pittsburgh. Huge road win. 
For me, he it's is a rant. He, he loves him some Pittsburgh dummy. You he know, does. Pittsburgh comes up a lot with Brian. Loves Pittsburgh. Now, for me, it's for me, it's Duke, um, Arkansas, mm-hmm. and Washington. Uh, they controlled both both those games, won both those games, and they're doing really well for a dark horse. Doing quite well for a dark horse. <laughs> it's it's yeah. if they only had some players. Yeah, all, all, almost as good as Virginia as a yeah. dark horse. Virginia is a dark horse. Right. How about the upset of the week, Matt? What do you got for the upset of the week? So this is what you're coming forward. What game we think? I'm gonna think there's an upset, right? No, no. This no, week that just happened. Oh, <laughs> I didn't read that right. I don't have one. I don't have one. What? Sorry. You can't think. I thought you meant those like scores. Upset coming for the games coming up. I have a good one for that. What you get? What you pick? Oh, tell us what you got. I was gonna take. Boston U over Boston College just coming week. Oh, right, Power Five, Boston College, big, big, bad ACC teams, undefeated. Little Boston U, little, little engine that could, as as Brian would say, I, I think's got one of the best coaches in the country, Nancy Feldman. I think they upset Boston College. Okay. Yeah. All right, Brian, what you get for the for this week? The right way. Sorry. Well, I thought there were a ton of options. Again, same thing. It was a great opening weekend, but. The upset that for me is the the top upset of the week was Colorado State getting a no contest (laughs) being down 3-0. Now, that is an upset. To be able to figure that out, that was awesome. So that's the biggest upset of the week. That's a good one, Brian. That's a good one. Quite a controversial uh, day in Colorado, for sure. Um, That that rivalry uh, may have just ended for a while. Or poured gas on it. Yeah. Um, uh, you, quick point. Can you can you highlight what that means for those who did not watch that game? You give them the overview, Chris. You want me to do it? Um, okay. Um, the game went to uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 50-some minutes. There was a little lightning delay. Um, uh, Colorado was up 3-0. Yeah. Um, they, I guess, agreed to come out and warm up. There was some discussion about how long the warm up was going to be. The Colorado team was out warming up. Colorado State team was sitting on the bus. And there is a rule in the rule book that, you know, if there's lightning, um, you have to start the game within three hours of the original start time, unless the coaches agree to continue to go on. And basically, when they'd hit the three hour mark, the Colorado State bus up and left, and they decided that uh, they lost. That they were saving themselves from a loss, and the Colorado team was uh, less than excited about it. So, kind of put it. deal, right? I, I, you know, like I don't know. I don't know if I have the answer as to what's right there, but uh, if I'm Colorado, I'm not real happy about yeah. that. That's a tough one, though. I, you know, it, if you want to delve a little deeper into it, it, I feel like every time that happens, and certainly we're in the South, so it happens way more with late, lightning delays. Everybody's talking about the hours. And the rule was put in there about, like, nutrition and fueling the kids and could they run and things like that. Um, it was really a player safety rule. So I do think in the end it's a super tough situation, even though I made light of it with the Colorado State. With the- well, I got to say, I I think it makes sense. That rule makes sense, especially if you're traveling and flying. Certainly it becomes an issue. 
but it ain't that hard to run out to the grocery store and grab some bananas, you know? So, I mean, if you really want to make it happen, you can make it happen. <laughs> it's an interesting one. That's a spicy opening week up in Colorado. It, it really is, or was. Okay, uh, my upset for the week is um, UC San Diego uh, in their second game in Division I uh, with a tie, Texas Tech. Um, so here's a team, you know, they've been transitioning out of from Division Two. They start in Division One. They play Cal on, on Thursday, lost to Cal, but they get a huge result against Texas Tech on uh, Sunday. Um, so that was my pick. That's a good And there are a ton of, you know, ones on the side. Gonzaga traveling across country, unbelievable. Lipscomb beating Mississippi State, who they've beaten three or four years ago in the NCAA tournament too, right? Yeah. How about uh how about Arkansas State and Washington State drawn out and out in Pullman with a packed house? Yeah. And Washington State having forty some odd shots. I mean the Arkansas State goalkeeper was great. They had twenty corners. Um that's you know, that was a big result for Arkansas State for sure. Yeah. And Utah Valley against Arizona. Yeah. Big yeah. name schools. Yeah. And total domination too, right? And uh, yeah. all of those mid levels we just said, they're all really good. It's yeah. more recognition yeah. of upsets. Maybe except for that. That was a good one, Chris. UC San Diego. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Brian. All right, is that all we got for him? That's it. That's it. Uh, the right. reaction segment is done. Okay. Yes. I was fantastic. I, like I loved it. I need to clean it up. I mean, he's, well, had, all, he's had all, all weekend. It was his idea, Chris. And this, weekend. I know, I'm sorry. I hope your mom's not listening to this part. But, Chris, he's got to be better than that. that was yeah, I think. Linda uh, is not going to be happy with you now, Matt. You really you're gonna get the merits. <laughs> Um, Brian, we got Tiffany uh, coming on. Any words for, for Tiffany? Yeah, fantastic coach. You know, one of the things with coaching, it's really easy for the three of us because we were very average players. So we had to figure out while we, while we were playing, you know, for to be that dominant athlete and that good a player, for her to become this level of a coach is really impressive. Most of the time, your, your very best players fail as coaches because the game was so easy for them. Um, especially the ones that were super athletic. And, you know, to be honest, Tiffany came and played my LSU team maybe five, six years ago. And in, you know, whatever, 25, 26 years of coaching and 15 years in the SEC, that's the best one day performance by an opponent, certainly at LSU that we ever saw. They were awesome. Great style of soccer and wonderful people as well. That coaching staff. So let me just say this real quick, Brian, first of all, I appreciate you calling me average because I was way below average. But Chris was a <laughs> national championship captain of a national average. championship. I know I was average. teams. Yeah. I mean, that's a little rough. That's an average, Chris. I would take offense to that. I, I heard, I heard Eddie's uh, his thing when he was interviewed, and clearly yeah. Eddie was carrying the team, right? From yeah, he was. <laughs> he was. Chris, Chris was a passenger with Eddie. <laughs> All right, Brian. Thank you. We got to roll. All right, see you guys. Good job. Work on that. Work on the segment. This is why he only comes on part time, Chris. Let's keep it real. Thanks, Brian. See ya. All right, Chris. Fun opportunity now to bring in Olympic gold medalist, World Cup champion, two-time NCAA champion, current head coach of my alma mater, UCF Golden Knights, Tiffany Sahedic. Tiffany, how are you tonight? 
I'm doing great, Matt. But seriously, we haven't been to Golden Knights for like 20 years. Uh, <laughs> I was Golden Knights and I was there. I'm so proud of them. Uh, that's, that's funny. That's funny. He's so me. proud of it. He, say, he talks about, oh, I you see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah through and through, black and gold. Come on. <laughs> they didn't have all the nice things when I was there either. It was nowhere near what it's like now. So oh, I apologize. Oh, I apologize. Uh, just, kicking it, just kicking it off with a little fun. That's all. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. But, um, all right, so first thing we always like to ask is walk us through kind of your career path to where you are, you know, here now at, at UCF. Sure. Um, it, it's quite a, a blessing um, because I really wasn't in my thought that I wanted to be a coach. Um, so all, the only thing in my head was um, obviously getting my degree. It took some time <laughs> just playing on the national team and taking off semesters here and there. So it was, it took me a while just to get my, my degree. But, um, you know, when I was a player uh, playing for the national team um, and professionally, I mean, I think my focus was just, you know, how long can I um, play professionally? And then we'll, we'll see what happens after that. But for some reason, it just wasn't in my head to want to be a, a, a coach at all, really. Um, I think I actually wanted to get into like broadcasting. Um, I actually tried it a little bit after the 99 World Cup. I actually didn't like it. So then I was like, oh, um, didn't know what direction I was going to go in. But um, my goal was actually to uh, move back to California where I'm from. Uh, I had missed it. And Tim, my husband and I, um, who played, he played professionally as well. We met at UNC. Um, he was all for living in California as well. So our goal was actually to move to California. Let's figure out, start a life there. Um, and just see where it takes us. So we were both done playing professionally. Um, I was not playing on the national team anymore and we had to figure it out. So we started coaching club soccer because that's what you do when you're trying to figure things out. And I was actually coaching for my, my old little club in San Ramon. Chris, you probably remember that. I remember it. Yep. <laughs> San Ramon Lightning. Um, so I, we went back to my old club and we were coaching there and Tim was, um, like a co-director for the boys and, um, we started like a camp business and we were bringing in all my like national team teammates in as coaches and staff. So we actually had a really awesome camp business for a couple years. Um, but you know, there was something inside me that wasn't quite satisfied. I loved coaching the youth, but there was something about it that didn't quite fill me the way that I thought it could. Um, and then I'm not joking. It's so weird, but out of the blue, well, I did talk to Anson a little bit. I talked to Marsha McDermott. I talked to a few of my mentors and was just like, what do I do? What am I doing? And uh, actually, Anson was always like a big advocate. He was always like, Tiff, you got to get into college coaching. I think it'd be great. Like you you could recruit. Um, and so it was kind of stuck in the back of my head, but I just didn't know how I would even start that path since I was already 20 uh, 29, 30. Right. And I hadn't even coached really legitimately yet. And, um, no joke out of the blue, Virginia Commonwealth university called us, Tim and I, um, funny enough, Chris, Chris and Denise, uh, Shilty Brown at USF, they were just there. They had left to take USF. There was an opening and I guess they liked, uh, you know, a co-head coaches. So they're looking for a co-head coaches athletic director uh went to unc so he had a unc connection and he talked to anson and anson said 
hey, I don't know if you can get them to leave California, but maybe you could call, you know, Tiff, Tiff Roberts. And they called us. And I mean, honestly, it was just like that. It, they offered us a Tim and I head coaching gig without any prior experience. I mean, it was the craziest thing ever. The only time I'd been part of a college program was like being a student athlete, which, you know, my mind was not right as a college yeah. student athlete. So I had no idea what went into the job. Um, I really didn't want to move, but um, I remember crying when they, when I was alone with Tim, when they had offered us the job, because um, I was crying because I was torn because I wanted to stay in California. But then at the same time, I was like, this just doesn't happen. Like opportunities just don't like fall into your lap. And even though this might've been like my initial plan, I think you have to realize when something special just kind of comes out of the blue and it's okay if it ends up not working out. And I, that's why I was crying. Cause I, it was like, I knew I had to do it and I knew Tim and I had to try it. And I have an awesome dad. My dad was just like, yeah, if it doesn't work out, just try something else, you know? And, um, I was like, yeah, let's do it. So Tim and I did it. And like, I fell in love with it and going back to my cup being filled, I was like, well, I figured it out. Like it was really college soccer that I think at this level, this, this age, um, working with this, this age group and this time in their life where you feel like you can make an impact, you know, with some of their decision-making and their path. And yeah, I just feel like I connect better with this, this age group. Plus I like to swear, you know, so it's like, that doesn't, <laughs> don't we all, don't with, we like, all. The, it doesn't really Almost like sometime. when I'm passionate, you know, it comes out and it's like, doesn't really click with the U9. So yeah. <laughs> But that's really how it started. We were at VCU for six years, and then UCF called us six years later, and this is where we've been. Good for you. Yeah. Hey, so, so, Matt, you know, wheeled off a bunch of the uh, accomplish, accomplishments you've had, and, um, and there are many. Um, but give me the what you would say would be the highlight of your career. Uh, I get asked that a lot, but I, I really um, – it's really hard to say because each one has a, a specific or a special part about it. I would say the 96 Olympics for me on a personal level um, is at the, you know, at, at the top. Um, when I was, you guys may have heard the story, I don't know. But when I was actually in second grade, that was the first time I ever watched the Olympics. And I fell in love with the Olympics. And I watched Mary Lou Retton win her gold medal. I watched Jackie Joyner Kersey win her gold medal. Soccer, women's soccer wasn't even in the Olympics. But I had told my parents, my families, my teachers, everybody, I'm going to the Olympics from, since the 1984 Olympics. Mm -hmm. So I have like drawings from you know elementary school of me standing on Olympic podiums with gold medals around my neck. And again, not even for soccer because I guess I thought I was going for gymnastics. Stuff, but, <laughs> um, but I just fell in love with the Olympic games. And from that point on, I was very determined, like, um, this is going to happen. I'm going to make this, make this happen. And so um, that's why it's very personal for me, just having that goal or that dream from such a young age and then actually coming to fruition, which is kind of insane to think um, that that happened. Um, that really holds a special place for me. You know, I, we have a, tip, um, I was. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, I was just going to say, Matt. We have a little, a little controversy. We've had some controversy on, on our show about um, an Olympic sport. I, I wanted to get your take on synchronized swimming. 
because Matt yeah. is a big synchronized swimming fan. I think it's really hard to it's a really hard sport to get synchronized underwater. You know what? It's it's legitimate. I mean, thank you. You know, I I'm sorry. I I, I gotta say it's legitimate because. I mean, that's legit. I mean, I can't do that. I can't even hold my breath exactly. underwater. How many people so. can do it? Underwater, it's great. I know. Yeah. All right. Okay. And I got to tell you, Tiff, in the 96 uh, Olympics was so cool. Karen Hoppe and I were in camp. Somehow we got tickets and we flew. Um, I think a couple of other friends went with us. We stayed over. We, we didn't sleep. We didn't. We, like, we literally flew in. We were during camp. We flew in, went to the game. It was unbelievable with you know 80,000 people in Sanford Stadium then for you guys to win and the way you won and celebrate it was just awesome. We literally went back to the Atlanta airport, didn't sleep, got on the next flight back to Orlando to go back to UCF to work the camp. But so cool. It's just so awesome. That was one of the oh, most man. memorable moments I've ever had as, you know, in the sporting event was just, just, just awesome. So oh, I, I remember cool. it very, yeah, I remember it very clearly. I really do. And uh, Karen could tell you, we, Stayed up all night in the Atlanta airport. Really, that was not fun. We did go to uh, IHOP. I think. No, no. Wa uh, no. What is it? Waffle House. Waffle House. Oh no. Oh, no. There. Anyway, all right. My next. I question. can't believe you didn't make it to the after party. I mean, that was. I, well, I didn't get part. invited. Tiff. Not a big surprise. I didn't get invited. No. All right. Um, all right. So tell us, uh, what have you taken from your playing career into your coaching career? Uh, I, I mean, literally everything. Like. I think I call on my playing day experiences every day as a coach um, in so many ways. It could be um, something that I learned from former coaches like Tony DeChico or I could send Marsha McDermott, Anson. Um, it could be an experience that I had playing a certain role. Um, you know, on the national team, it was like I shot out, out of a cannon. I was a starter. Then I lost my starting position. Um you know, so I, it was very up and down for me on the national team. So I, I literally played every role that you can play as a teammate and as a player on a team. And so sometimes I, I put myself in my player's shoes and have that empathy. Cause I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like not to get chosen for, you know, a squad or for, um, a uh, travel roster or something like that. You know, I know what it feels like to get injured. Like it's just every, literally every decision I make, I think I do call upon my my playing background um so it's it's been it's been very helpful obviously sure so hey, awesome. um you mentioned earlier the the co-head coach situation that you have with tim um talk to us a little bit about that how's that work um you know that's a lot of time together for sure <laughs> like, how's that, yeah how's that all go yeah, Chris, I get asked that a lot just by anybody, you know, whether it's an interview or just, you know, families want to know. Um, but Tim and I, we, we've, we've only done this together, you know, it's all we know. And um, we, we actually really like each other and we like each other's company. <laughs> you have to. You have to. <laughs> we really yeah. do. We yeah. really do. But, but Chris, just because you've known us as a coaching duo for a while, um, I mean, Tim and I are very different like we have different strengths. So, um, you know, the things that I prefer to do or that I think are my strengths, like he's like, Oh, get me out of there. You know, like, right. I don't, I don't want to have to have those conversations with the players. That's very uncomfortable for me, you know? <laughs> and if he wants to, um, you know, watch hours and hours and hours of our opponents and games, like, great, like do that. Let me know what you figured out, you know? <laughs> um, so, 
you know, we, we are just complement each other really well. And I think that's what's helped us succeed as like, um, just as a staff that's happy together, like a couple that's happy together. But I mean, I'm not joking when I say this just to be all, I don't know. I don't know what the word is, but we really do love each other's company. And I really wouldn't want to do it without him. I think, you know, in a way, sometimes I feel like he's my security blanket in a way. Um, but I'm probably like that for him too. But um, we just, we love it. Like every day I'm like, I can't believe I get paid to do this. Like we're going to work together. We get lunch together. Um, you know, the, the madness happens when we get home and I'm like, yeah, you got to send that kid to bat practice. I'm right. going this way. Um, but it's just like our whole life. It's the kids and our team. And we love this family. And we love that it's a family gig for us. We wouldn't want it any other way. Awesome. It really is. There's no chance my wife and I could work together for anything. We can't, we have a hard time signing on dinner. Who's playing <laughs> Matt, but I think that's probably more normal. Like most people be like, oh man, I could that's never right. work with my wife or husband. Yeah. I think that's probably more normal. So Tim and I are the weird ones. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So UCF is, uh, got a very, very storied alumni base and a very strong alumni base and very, you know, very powerful alumni but i have two kind of two questions one um you know we again in our show a few episodes back we talked about kind of the top five you know women's soccer players of all time and i had michelle Akers as my number one player. so i do want to hear from you what it was like to play with her right and obviously we when when i was at ucf she was around a lot training a lot working out with our team she was unbelievable and then the other thing is the alumni at ucf is like i said really strong we used to have great alumni games like back then they would beat us, uh, the UCF team, or it'd be a, just a, a all out war. You guys still doing that? How is the group? I know they used to sit behind <laughs> the stands and they're getting older for sure. So I don't know if they still have the same level, but anyway, it's, it's just a really powerful group. And first, please talk about Michelle. Yeah, Michelle, uh, I would agree with you, Matt. When people have asked me who's like the best player you've ever played with or against, um, you know, and, and Michelle Akers is always number one. I mean, she was the full package soccer player i mean yeah. if you technical like freaking tough as crap you know like we'll run through a brick wall um mentally just what the standard is um physically um tactically i mean every every aspect she was at the top so she's like the most full packaged i mean what was even her weakness i don't even know yeah yeah, good question. You know, her her weakness was probably just her own physical situation that she had with yeah. her fatigue, chronic mm-hmm. fatigue syndrome, really. But just how she would overcome that. I mean, she was just a monster. So I was scared of her. I mean, I was 16 years old coming on the <laughs> national team. And I'm like, holy crap, I can't believe I'm playing with Michelle Akers. Like, I try to stay away from her because she was she she was not mean at all. I was just like in awe of her all the time. So it felt weird being her teammate when I was a 16 year old. Cause like full on like warrior woman here mm-hmm. um, that I'm like looking up to literally, you know, um, <laughs> but I, I love training with her. I mean, I was scared of her, but like, if, if you want to come in onto the dash team, a 60 year old, and that's one of your teammates, I mean, no better way to learn what standards look like and mm-hmm. what competitiveness looks like and what mental toughness looks like. So I learned at a very young age, you know, what competitiveness really is um so I'm very thankful for her 
Um, and you know, the, the 99ers were very, very tight in all national team. We saw, we have like a little group text. So we probably text each other like every day, someone's saying something about something. So it's awesome. fun. Cause we give, we give Michelle a lot of, you know, we give her a lot of crap. She's, she's yeah. a funny, funny woman, but, uh, awesome. but yeah, she's, she's amazing. So she is my number one. Um, and then alumni, I think we've, um, gotten, um, you know, we use, we use sports science a little bit more. So I think the alums were probably <laughs> mad at us that once we started not doing an alumni game, uh-huh. um, and, uh, just having the alums play each other instead of our actual UCF team. So I'm like, man, yeah, someone's going to get hurt. Someone's going to get hurt out here. And I'm just not <laughs> going to feel good about that. Yeah. Um, but our alums are amazing. Like you said, very strong and, um, you know, a lot of local, um, alums yeah. still, which is great. Um, young, young ones and, and old ones. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Yeah. We had to do the same thing that when I got here to Ole Miss, we, we switched it to where the alums play the alums. They did not like that. But I was yeah. the same amount of worried, like, oh God, someone's gonna get hurt. And alumni game can't yeah. have that. So anyway. Yeah. Cool. And you're usually you're usually doing it around a spring game, right? So it's like right. you're asking your team to play spring match against a good opponent and then turn around and play an alumni like this is yeah. this is not good. Yeah, yeah. So smart. So you're coming off uh, a huge win this past week. It, you know, you've uh, started with with the four-nothing win against Texas, um, a Texas team that you know, was um, highly touted and, and, you know, a lot of young players and, and that sort of thing. And you basically took them apart. Um, did you see it coming? I didn't see the, I didn't see it coming. No. Um, I think that, I mean, you know, we had a couple exhibition matches. I'll tell you, you know, we played FAU and we only got 30 minutes in that match because of the weather. Um, we were able to score two goals in the first 30 minutes. So that was good. Um, well, because of the 30 minute situation, then we had Miami the following weekend, but I was very like, not like in a situation that we didn't get a full exhibition match or at least six, actually we were only going to play 60 minutes. Um, so I was a little bit, um, upset that we were going to get that game in because we had learned so much in those 30 minutes uh, against FAU. That I was like, man, what a bummer like we could really use so I actually called Becky at Orlando Pride and I was like hey what's your situation you got some reserves we can play <laughs> and uh we actually played the Pride a couple days later on that Tuesday and I think that was a turning point for us just playing the Pride and I say the reserves but I mean Allie Riley was on the field Corniak was on the field I mean we played like four or five starters were um, and we were actually winning two zero at half uh, or at 30 minutes, we were playing two 30 minute periods. And I think the fact that, that like they were able to possess the ball against, a, against pros and have confidence, possess the ball against pros and then also score. Um, I think that was a turning point for them mentally. Like, okay, we can do this. We can play this way. We could be confident. Um, so I think that just that, so I didn't see four zero coming. Plus I was nervous. I was scared of Texas. I mean, you know, they're, like you said, they're highly talented. They got yeah. some really young, really talented players. Um, so I was definitely very nervous. I mean, I was not, I'm not saying I wasn't confident, but I wasn't, I was nervous. I mean, I get nervous yeah. for every game, but, um, <laughs> but I'm like, okay, well, this will be a good, basically I was like, okay, this is a really good match to see where we really are. Right. Right. 
um, 90 minutes against a really good opponent and um, with some talented players. And so I, I didn't see that coming. And um, right. I'm just proud that our team like stuck to the game plan, you know, and that's, that's all I'm like focusing on yeah. right now. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I watched a good bit of it. They were great. Um, so, hey, oh, go ahead, Chris. Well, I was going to, I was going to ask you, tell us like, okay, you play Texas and now your next few games are like the gauntlet, right? I mean, who is it? that you're playing coming up, you name it, um, like I, the Chris, best teams in the country. You guys, I need to start calling you guys for some help because I am ridiculous with my schedule. Like, I'm like, what am I doing to myself? Like, this is silly. Totally. totally. Very, very silly. I have no idea what I'm doing, I think, when it comes to scheduling. But, um, uh, yeah, who do we have? So we have um, UF on uh -huh. Thursday. Yeah. LSU is doing well. They're coming yeah. to us on Sunday. Um, I don't really remember the, um, <laughs> but, but we've got, we've got you, Matt. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, we, we've given out. We've That's got Matt. That's easy when you have coming. Oh, geez, Matt, whatever. Oh, we got Ole Miss, um, away. We've got Ohio State away. And then we've got Penn State and Carolina coming to us. Oh, that'll be easy. <laughs> <laughs> at least it's so, at home, I guess. Chris, I'm just getting prepared for you guys, all right? Yes, Look, you're good. getting prepared for something, right? I mean, that is a, that is a gauntlet right there. That like, if you can get know. through that thing, you know, if you get through that thing, one, healthy, and two, with with two wins. Just two. You already got one. Well, well that's one what more. I'm saying. You're looking that's great. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, you know, if we can get a couple, like, that's still going to position us to do. Well, I mean, as long as you Absolutely. win the games that you're supposed to win. Like yeah, if we, absolutely. as long as we, you know, take care of it during conference and you win the game, you're supposed to win and you can knock off a couple. I mean, then we can position ourselves to be in a good situation. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So I got an interesting question for you, Tiffany. So I like the way your team plays. Your team plays really good soccer, pass the ball really well, very dangerous. It's not what I would call North Carolina style. So a lot of you guys that played in North Carolina, right? We know the Anson style. So how did you get away from not playing that style? And that obviously is a million styles that everybody has their own style, but you guys are not in the Carolina. And, and, you know, I think a lot of, there's a lot of Carolina coaches out there, right? So how, you know, obviously I'm, I don't know where Tim fits in this, but you know, mm -hmm. what, what made you decide to play the way you play? Well, honestly, when we got to VCU, I would say we had more of like Carolina style UNC mentality, um, cause that's all I knew. Right? Right. I didn't know I was going to be a college coach. Not like I'd been gearing up and educating myself and for all these years. And even though I was going to be a coach at all, you know, right. you nines. <laughs> so, um, I would say that's all we knew. And, um, and then we evolved. And I think a lot of it does have to do with Tim because he had a lot of, um, in his professional career, he had a lot of South American coaches. Um, so he had some, um, influence with former, um, teammates, you know, he played in, um, Miami, um, and, um, he had a Brazilian coach there and had a lot of, um, like I said, South, South American teammates. And I think he's always had a love for that style. And so he dove deep into that, that style and educating himself and helping me and educating me. And I'm kind of learning that together. And, um, we figured let, let's, let's try it out. And then also just, um, based on 
you know, we, we like statistics and, um, you know, we've worked with some um, statisticians and figuring out more like evidence based, you know, coaching, like where goals are scored and how goals are scored. So they're helping us. De- that's helping us defensively and on the attacking side. Um, so, I mean, we've we've gotten a lot of help, you know, um, we're not doing it on our own. You know, we reach out and um, to, to pro teams and um, just trying to to learn really every every day, every year. And so um, that's, that's kind of how it's evolved. It's a great combination, right? Take the Carolina mentality, add it with South American flair. That's a pretty good team. I would say, Chris, would you agree? I know I agree. And I'll tell you, it's, it's, uh, and I'm not quite sure how to say this, but I enjoy playing against central Florida, not because it's easy. Okay. But I enjoy playing against them because it's a soccer game. You right. Know you can be in a soccer game. You know they're going to pass the ball. You know they're not going to kick you. You know it's not going to be dirty. And you get you know the two nicest people in in college coaching sitting on the sideline running the show for them. Um, so it is it is a, a pleasure and an honor to play against them. It really is. It is an enjoyable game when you play. Well, thank you. I mean, we would have to say say the same, Chris. We actually always say like it's so much more fun playing against teams that are trying to keep the ball and transition gets old <laughs> and hard and hard when you have games every other day I feel like yes. um so but yeah we we do enjoy that and I that's why we liked playing the pride because they were keeping the ball too you know and it um so anyway but but thanks for that Chris okay Tiff we'll get you out of here we appreciate your time you've been great but we want to always our last kind of you know, give you a little bit of chance to sell UCF. What makes it great? Obviously, I think it's a fantastic place. If it's my alma mater, lots of pride. But uh, give us a, a minute or two on 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 UCF. Yeah, I mean, it, first thing, it's the it's a place where people go on vacation. So we we always sell that Orlando is an amazing place to be. So um, you got sunshine, palm trees, um, just having the city right there, the beaches. I don't think you can beat it. Um, but then the university is just, it's big, obviously, but not overwhelming. And I don't know if you guys know this or not, maybe you know this. Do you know that the campus was actually, um, built, they used the, um, Disney, the Epcot center, um, as, uh, you know how Epcot is like a circle and you can walk around mm-hmm. it to all the countries. That's how our campus was built. Uh, so the same really? designers, yeah, the same designers for Epcot, um, designed our campus layout. So you can walk anywhere within 15 minutes. Um, so it's very walkable and homey, I'd like to say. But at the same time, you still have a city and a, and a beach um, nearby. And um, academically, you have so many um, uh, different um, – um, I'm blanking right now. Um, academically, you have so many um, choices of study that you can focus on. So um, there's a lot of variety and opportunity. But um, And then soccer-wise um, – you know, we're trying to sell a really um, fun style of soccer and hopefully you, you learn. Like for me, like I want my players to develop. That's the biggest thing for me is, you know, I'm very passionate about the game. I'm very passionate about being competitive and like figuring out what drives you and, and pushing them. And um, I love that. That that comes from, I think, my national team background, being at Carolina, just my own teammates that I had. Um, but um, what I love the most is watching our players grow and develop. And, and that's, that's my main goal is to do that while we're all having fun. So. Awesome. 
Well, you know, Matt, um, I'm, I'm really happy that Tiffany said yes to the interview because many years ago, she said no when I tried to get her to come to Notre Dame. So I'm just glad that she, she finally said yes. <laughs> we could get her on the show. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, Tiffany, good luck. I hope you win every game this year except one. Uh, All right. We'll oh, so I could be sure. So I could beat Chris. You're fine with that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No problem. No problem. Uh, right. You guys, uh, you guys, take it easy on me. <laughs> yeah, whatever. All right, Tip. Thanks so much. All right, Tip. Really Great job. Great job. It's fun to talk. All right, you guys. Right, take care. You. Thank you. Yeah. All right, Chris. That was another great interview. Tiffany was great. Um, really insightful and and doing an excellent job down there at the home of the Knights. Yeah. I guess that's uh, what they are now. Is that what they are? They're the Knights? Not the, what'd you call them? The Golden Knights? I call them the Golden Knights. They don't do that anymore. I think they're just Knights now. Right? Okay. Well, you got to, you may, you know, when you're writing I the check that. to I'm UCF. Like, alum, like I pay the alumni thing. Exactly. Exactly. That's terrible. That's on me. All right. Yeah. Let's go. Power five. Speaking of college, colleges, power <laughs> five this week is college football traditions. I'm really excited about this. This may not be controversial. Maybe be like, oh, that's a good one. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. We'll see. Um, all right. You want to go first? You want me to go first? You can go first. All right. I like this one. I think it pulls at the heartstrings. Iowa Stadium, Connecticut Wave, Connect Wave, where they wave to the kids at the Children's yeah. Hospital. Yeah. Really cool. I think really that's cool. a good one. What a great I, idea. I think that's a good one for sure. Yeah. Um, I have on my number five. Uh, the Army Navy game when the cadets and the midshipmen come marching in. It's awesome. It's awesome. Powerful, moving, very good. All right. My number four, um, you know, I think our producer will like this one, but it's the dotting of the Ohio at Ohio State where the big tuba guy comes marching up. Okay. Wait. It's my number four as well. Wait, wait. Mr. Band Guy. It's called Script Ohio. Okay. That's what they call it. And it's a sousaphone player. It's not the big tuba guy. It's a sousaphone. Sousaphone is a tuba, isn't it, Darren? I don't know. I don't yeah, know what a tuba different, is. It is. Two different designs. Tuba, you know, if, but, it, yeah, it's, it's the same thing. Same idea. It's got the big bell on yeah, it. Yeah, it's a big thing. guy. It's a big thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's so cool. We both have that you as have number that four. Or no? Yeah, I got that number four. Okay. All right. You want to do your number three? Go ahead. You, you're going first. You, go All right. Ahead. Number three, the Ralphie run in Colorado. And they come in yeah. with the buffalo, and they got the five guys, and they run yeah. around. That's they all cool. fall down, and yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> I don't know if they fall down, but that's pretty cool. I mean, you got a live buffalo running on the football field. That's pretty yeah. cool. You got yeah. it. I like watching that when they do that. All right, all right. number three. Number three. I don't even know if this happens anymore, but it's uh, Chief Osceola at Florida State when he comes riding out on the horse with the oh yeah, the spear and he fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. very cool. You know, yeah. you're just trying to get Mark to vote for you every week in the Power Five. I swear uh, you are. I saw that one, too. But anyway, that's a good one. I like that one, too. All right. Number two. Well, you didn't like it that much. You didn't put it in your top five. Number two. It's obvious. The Grove at Ole Miss. Right? You know, listen, we don't win every football game, but we win the party, baby. We win the party. 10,000 acres of tailgating. It's it's ranked all the time as the top tailgating spot. It's fun. It's tradition. They dress up. They have can, uh, chandelier it's in their tents. It's just awesome. So I'm going with Ole Miss in the Grove. Uh, shocker that you you chose that, right? 
I'm thinking my number two is going to be your number one. All right. Um, maybe because, but I'm not sure if you're, you know, what your bias is, is going to take you. Um, my number two is the war Eagle. How can it be number two? It's clearly number one. There's no, not a better one in the country. There is a better you one. You don't have a better one. I don't believe it. I do. Okay. Yes. That's my number one. Yeah. It's awesome. Right. An Eagle flying yeah. around the damn football good. stadium and landing yeah. in the middle. This you got good. one better than that. I do. Okay. Got my number one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Did you do your number two? Number two was Ole Miss. Number one was Auburn. My number one is touchdown Jesus. I mean, come on. Oh, He's come just standing on, in the end zone with his that hands is not there better than the touchdown in a million years. I mean, oh, how, how can there be anything better than that? The, the God is, is significantly better. God is blessing the touchdown. There's something it's better tra- than that. It, it, it's traditions where they do something in the game. You just lost it. You just lost it, Chris. No, I know my, my wait, traditions where they do something in the game. Everybody. How is the Grove traditions where they do something in the game? They go before the game. <laughs> well, this is right on top of the game. You've never seen it. They so. march. They march through the Grove to get to the football stadium. This touchdown, Jesus, give me a break. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's you know, awful. again, you, uh, your your. Uh, there's no way you can. There's no way that you can have the eagle not be. Let's let's ask let's ask the other two. Brian, are you still on? What were you get? Touchdown, Jesus, or the eagle, or the Auburn eagle flying around the stadium? Well, I'm biased. I am Catholic, so I would go touch. Oh, here we go. All right, Brian. Yeah, so Matt, you know. That's, that's cooler. Touchdown Jesus is cooler than the eagle flying around the stadium okay, in the middle. Going against God. Go ahead. Keep it, keep it up. <laughs> keep it up, Matt. Darren, Darren, your opinion? I don't, you got me. You got me on this one. I can't help you. I can't, I can't, but I have no, I don't care. I, you know, it's all whatever. <laughs> if are those are my only two choices, I like Cle- the Clemson running down, touch the rock and run down. The uh, Maryland touch the turtle. I like I like the Notre Dame tapping the winners play here one or whatever that thing is from Rudy. <laughs> That's better than than the eagle, uh, sure. a live eagle flying around the stadium and landing in the sun. What did he do? Because it was an it was, was, it it was an accident. Because it happened the first time it happened was an accident. It's like oh, let's do this every time. Yeah. So an accident. They had to train an eagle. They had to train up. You're trying. Uh, Look at you're trying so hard. To fly you are trying so How hard. Do people not see this as really impressive. It is very impressive. That's why it's number two. But you can't you can't put anything above God. In football, you can. It's the Eagles. <laughs> no, in the, in the South in the SEC, you should have said the Grove. So, one. so when the so it, when the Auburn players right. when the Auburn players score a touchdown and point up to the sky, they're pointing at the Eagle. Yeah, really. Come on, Matt. I'm not going there. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not in their brains, Darren. I don't know where they're going. Gotcha, fair I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. The eagle is cooler than the touchdown, Jesus. It is. Well, you know, uh, God doesn't try to be cool, Matt. It, it's uh, not this, about this, being uh, cool. When did this turn religious? When did this turn? Okay, well, let me ask this question. Which one's the longer? Which one's the longer? Which one's the longer tradition? That's how you try to break it. Which one's been around longer? I don't know. No, that's not how you try. I disagree. All right, let's go. My five were. The Kinnick Wave, Kinnick, I think you said Kinnick Wave for the Iowa Hawkeyes, the Ohio State, not the I. Obviously, I played saxophone for 10 years, very near and dear to me. But uh, Ralphie Run, the Grove, and the Auburn War Eagle. And mine Chris? were the cadets and the midshipmen marching in, script Ohio with the sousaphone player, mm-hmm. uh, Chief Osceola, the War Eagle, and touchdown Jesus. All right. 
let's move it on. Shall we finish her up, Chris? Let's what finish. What are we looking forward to this week? We got some uh, some big games on tap this week. Again, some some good matchups: BYU, USC, LSU goes to Florida and plays Central Florida and South Florida. That should be South interesting. Trip. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what LSU is made of now, right? They've they've kind of blown out the first two opponents. Now they'll uh, step it up a little bit and and um, level and and see how they do. Excited to watch yeah. them. And I can tell you personally, those are two tough places to, to play and <laughs> tough to win both. And in, in uh, yeah. my time at SMU, we've done it once only, but we've gone there and, and went, won both. So that's difficult. Wisconsin and Notre Dame. Uh, Texas A&M, 0-2 against Clemson. Mm. Um, big game, big game down in Texas. You yeah. like A&M in those kind of, you know, is it fish camp weekend or something down there? We yeah. know that's a, can make they can make that a really tough place to play, but a good Clemson team, another ACC SEC battle, good game. North Carolina State and South Carolina, we'll get a little bit of an idea what those teams are like. And uh, Memphis follows up the the big game against um, Ole Miss with with uh, Indiana, uh, yep. and you know Indiana coming off the the game against the tie with with Notre Dame, and uh, that should be a good one as well. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's exciting. We're back, isn't it? It's nice to be back. We appreciate again, the podcast downloaders. We glad the people are listening and, and hope they enjoy it. Feel free to email the show with anything that you have interest in a topic you want us to discuss. Brian's going to try and clean up his segment. We'll make that a little bit better. Um, we'll have games to talk about again next week. Chris, good luck. And your game, one game this week, right? Against Baylor One game against Baylor. Yeah. Down in, down in Waco. So we'll, uh, Who's down there that Chip and Joanna games? Maybe they'll be at the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and we go with two games this week. Uh, finally get our home opener, hopefully, this uh, this week with uh, MTSU, and then we head to Arkansas State. So uh, big games. Brian, I know, has a couple big games, and hopefully uh, and we'll be back on Monday in good moods, ready to talk about them. All right, great. great. Yep. Listen, everyone, thanks for listening. Please download it. Darren, thanks for producing us, DJM Productions. College Soccer Nation is officially over for Monday. Good night, everybody. If you have questions for Coach Petroselli or Coach Mott, you can reach them at cpetroselli at mail.smu.edu or mmott at olemiss.edu. College Soccer Nation is presented by DJM Productions and available on all your fine podcast outlets. Download it, give a review, tell a friend.